you know there's a guy that does five minutes of Watto material at Star Wars Celebration probably every year, right? There's got to. You be. know, if there was one, I'd know him. <laughs> That's the he's thing like you're the, missing. He's like the Gilbert Godfrey of prequel humor. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. He's like, no two slaves are worth one ship. <laughs> <laughs> You're like this guy's terrible at both. <laughs> He's horrible. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> All right, so I think I'm going to introduce the episode. Okay. Is this the way? Welcome back. This is the way to this podcast, at least. We welcome to episode. Andy, we didn't say nothing about talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, guys, I am joined, of course, by Andy Leonard's. My Thank you so host. much. I'm Aaron Michael Marsh. This is episode 12, if we have released all of them at this point, which we have not. This is only the third yes. episode we're doing uh, so far, but we're yeah. going to get to all of them. So I don't know at what point in time you actually hear this, whether we have all of them out or not, but welcome. Thank you. We're going through them. Uh, we are going to summarize all the things in the show, Mandalorian, specifically chapter 12, The Siege, this week. But yes. it's not just us telling you what you missed visually. You know, like we will get to some of that. But it's also, there's a lot of history in this. And something I wanted to bring up early is this episode yes. was 39 minutes long. And I believe this episode is going to be longer than 39 minutes. There's more history to be covered in this episode yeah. than there is episode. Yeah, this is jam-packed with stuff. And so that, oh, I, I know. I, I was thinking oh, dude, about that. I was that watching where... it. I was like, oh, this episode's longer than the episode. I knew that yeah. as I was watching it the first go around. Well, and, and, you know, Carl Weathers is our uh, director, Grief Karga, or Magistrate Grief Karga is our director for this episode. Like you said, what the you siege. call him Apollo Creed? Yeah, Apollo Creed or Chubbs, right? Depending on your feelings about, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> about his <laughs> 90s comedy <laughs> credits. But yeah, we, yeah. we started. Uh, we start out and and uh, the Razor Crest is is sort of limping its way away from Trask, the estuary moon, um, and we we realize that you know things things are not all great as far as Razor Crest goes. Baby Yoda fails his first task as an electrician. Quite funny. It will probably yeah. come back. Which everyone has um, mentioned. No, I mean, we've already started the summary of the episode. And that's the first scene. Everyone's yeah. already compared it to Guardians of the Galaxy too. It's very clearly that. Yeah, it is definitely is. And uh, and then so Mando is realizing, you know, we're, they're not gonna be able to patch things together um, sort of mm-hmm. in the middle of, uh, of the system like they are. So they hatch a plan to go back to Navarro. We find out that uh, Cara Dune and Grief Karga have been quite busy. Um, and we get a little bit of a fight sequence. The city is very different. It yeah, immediately uh, looks festive and happy and welcoming, which it hasn't. No, no, it was very, very dark, very gloomy, very, uh, very grimy. Um, previously so we get some cool fight sequences with uh with cara dune um knocking heads with some aqualish who you know okay the, wait the... yes i got a got a thing on that already oh yeah sure that fight takes place where the armorer used to work yes it does the mandalorians used to hang out back yep. in uh was it navarro yeah it's navarro that's where the tribe yeah. the covert the the that's where the the covert network basically and you can see the silhouette of their logo on the wall where the armor either took it off or it was stripped at some point and so like that's a little not mentioned but definitely relevant is like the mandalorian have definitely left town yeah well i mean and and 
you know, we, we still don't really know where the armorer is. We don't know where, you know, if she's going to set up shop somewhere else. But what we do know yeah, is... Yeah, we don't know, but we do know that she's not where she was. Cara Dune can take care of herself, that's for sure. So well, yeah, um, You don't get an MMA fighter for no reason. Exactly. And and that's another thing, too. Someone had said to me, they're like, well, you know, she knows how, she seems like she really knows how, how to fight. And I'm like, you know, she was a mixed martial arts fighter. Like, and they're like, oh, OK, I didn't realize that she makes friends with a, uh, a lava meerkat. Um, and then uh, is it actually ma- called well, that? I just wrote down meerkat. I didn't realize that was the name. It appears in Wikipedia as its appearance in Wikipedia as lava meerkat, although uh, uh, it seems like there's some some people that don't that don't believe it has a name yet so um yeah i wait yeah, for those so then, things to come out with action figures or something that officially tell me yeah well or they may maybe they'll have their own disney plus series um <laughs> i would love it i'd watch yeah, it yeah never know so you know mando makes uh mando makes his entrance uh or the razor crest um they get uh they uh, they we find out that at least uh, in a very sort of Han meets Lando moment. How's my credit mm-hmm. about whether or not they can actually get the ship fixed? Uh, we For get sure. a super sketchy repair guy, a little um, uh, that we'll come back to in a bit. Um, and yeah, then, I'm really happy with how they like showed you he was sketchy because like yeah. as soon as like they ha- they showed him ominously, I was like, oh, <laughs> don't trust that guy. Yeah, I'm like, oh, this guy, he's clearly up to no good, right? Um, I've never met anyone with it, the eyes outside of their head who I trusted. Still, yeah, that's that, and that's a very very good point. Uh, and then you know we get kind of a walkthrough in the city, which we'll come back to in the Easter eggs. There's lots of little uh, bits and pieces in the. I'm Easter gonna go eggs. through this. We go through this. Just let's go through it. Oh, you want to go? Okay, do it. Yeah, we got IG11. There's a statue yes. of IG-11, not said whether it is IG-11 or just a statue to replicate IG-11. We don't know. We don't get close yeah. enough. But really significant to that town because he really saved it from being completely just burnt to shreds in episode well, eight. It's, and it and looks so like it's the centerpiece. It looks yeah, like it's the centerpiece of that square. plaza where where the E-Web and all of that um, uh, basically went down with Gideon's squadron. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, and then uh, you know, we get a, we get a bunch of different, um, you know, know your favorite obscure races. We get a bunch of different appearances along that. I'm not going to go through those different pieces. But but again, what we do get is this like vibe of the city, um, a vibe of the city actually um, being completely turned around. Uh, we find out that apparently Grief Cargo doesn't like doing accounting or, or bookkeeping. Uh, and then we're reintroduced to uh, Mando's bounty from the very first uh, chapter one. Yeah, uh, Horatio they Sands. Just, yes, Horatio Sands, who they just call Mithril. Um, I did look this up and that's his race. So they just, he doesn't appear to have a name. Um, they just call him Mithril. Uh, and then apparently um, that's disrespectful. There's been a couple of times in Mandalorian where they just call someone straight by their race and not by their name. Well, it's the and quill, it is like if it's I was quill an, thing, if I right? was an alien and I walked yeah. into the room with human this way. Yeah. It's well Mando calls the Ugnot Ugnot, right? And he does mm-hmm. at some point retort back like I have a name, right? Mm-hmm. Uh and so so I I I kind of that's when when it was that the mithril bit um and then I, I did miss a thing. So so baby Yoda takes his failure as uh as an electrician to to heart and realizes maybe the trades are not where he's headed and he decides <laughs> and to go to, to school. school. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so we get a C-3PO protocol droid leading, uh, leading apparently some sort of uh, Star Wars universe geography about uh, the major, the major runs, trade runs, and things along those lines. Yeah, that was the um, coolest part about watching with the closed captioning. Is it during the whole time that like the yeah. scenes focused on the cookies, like you are catching all the things where they're like they're talking about uh, not about Kessel. Well, they're not talking about Kessel, but they're not like Parsecs and Kessel, and you're like, oh, cool. We're actually yeah. being told. There's Parsecs and Kessels, the different moons. Um, they mentioned the seat, the 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 part of the run that Han had to do in uh, solo, uh, the, the solo movie that we see in mm -hmm. that. Um, they mentioned a little routes. bit about well, the trade routes, the Hythian Way, which is something that I think is only mentioned in um, Clone Wars. Um, we talk about the you know they talk about the Krillian run. The Krillian run is named after Han's home planet. And um, and then you get a little bit of the inner outer core kind of pieces, which um, which is is at least helpful if you're not super familiar beyond the feature films about where Navarro is located. And so we get this idea that Navarro's aspiration now that it's cleaned up is to be sort of a hub in these trade routes. Right. That, that the they would love to has, be. There's just one yeah. thing in the way. And there's just one thing in a way we find out that's the goal of this. Uh, and that is what we are going to be sieging, if you will. And the goal is to blow up this, uh, this, this seemingly innocuous Imperial base. That's the only holdout on the planet. It just happens to have a reactor that's powered by the lava core. Uh, and they figure, Hey, which you makes know, it not just... safe enough to be a hub. You can't truly yes. control what's happening on that planet, which is why it's, stuck it's drawing... to its size city instead of and it's drawing a lot of a attention. Giant. Yeah, if you don't believe it, we we get the Aqualish as our exhibit A at the very beginning of the episode. Like, hey, you know, unsavory folks yeah. are trying to come back. We don't want them to come back. So um, they hatch this plan. They are like, hey, it should be simple. We shut off the cooling for it. It'll overload the reactor and everything's good, right? Boom, bada mm -hmm. boom, bang, big boom. Yeah, exactly. Hey, if we get rid of Area 51, Roswell can get a convention center. Totally. And it makes complete sense, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I guess one thing uh, worth worth sort of noting uh, um, is that that apparently uh, Mithral was Grief's Grief's bookie before uh, bookkeeper before, and and so Grief was actually it sounded like Grief was actually the one who put the bounty on him out on him, which mm -hmm. is not something that I remember being in Chapter One. Uh, but the the notable here is that he apparently has three hundred. I didn't go back to life debt to see that, but he did go straight to, yeah. Yeah, just go, he went straight back. He did go right? straight back and, to him after he froze him in carbonite. Yeah, yeah, that's so, where he got it paid. Yeah, and so that was the I think he that's when he gets to the Moncal the 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 Moncal currency and then like something else uh, mm -hmm. like to kind of like off to offset it, but. Um, but yeah, so that, so then we end up uh, going through the lava lava fields, uh, Navarro. Um, the stretch, the box canyon that they're running down apparently is an area where there's an active lava flow. Um, so we end up uh, getting into the base, um, standard sort of things along the lines of, you know, covert, we're going to get in, we're going to get out, no big deal. Um, I did think it was, uh, <laughs> I did think it was a little bit funny that um, apparently the Imperial, uh, the, everybody was replaceable at an Imperial base because if they weren't, maybe they would put guard mm -hmm. railing on things. Um, and so they, you know, there's, there's, I love the reference to the lack of guard railing, yeah. which of course they didn't have in the original star Wars movies. Cause they just used map yeah. paintings. So it didn't matter. They were already being safe. They didn't yeah, think no about reason to worry about that from that standpoint standpoint. So, um, 
so they find their way in on the way they realize that this base that was supposedly just had a imperial skeleton crew um is a little more well staffed than they imagined and and sort of the plan is is altering along the way uh we end up with um, shutting that down and then they run into accidentally an area where there are individuals who have the Camino patches like Dr. Pershing from season one. And yeah. They for cloning lab. are freak and they freak are freaking out trying to, I believe they made some sort of, of comment about clear the drives as in like clear the hard drives. And then they end up yeah, sort of just shooting shot the system. Yeah. And they just sort of panic. They're just trying to like blow everything up. Uh, and at that point, then we realize as they pan sort of to the one side that there are tanks with individuals in those. Um, we're not, we don't get a great look at them, but we can tell they're deformed. Um, Snoke, do you know what's playing? Um, the Snoke so, theme starts playing. So I was going to say, I, I had heard that the music that was playing is, is the, is a piece and the name of that piece is uh snoke just one word yeah it's so, this theme song they use for snoke in the new movies yeah in and the that's disney what, trilogy but, but so that's what it's named in the in in that piece so uh obviously we're we're, we're getting led in that direction um mm -hmm. we could you know another thing too would be that that what we see is strand casts uh strand casts aren't necessarily clones we can get into that later um, they're bioengineered, but they're, they're, they don't, they aren't cloned from a host. Right. Yeah. Take that. Um, take that. Yeah. Um, and then the other, <laughs> the other thing too, if you've, if you ever, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know where to go with that, but yeah, take it. Uh, and then force unleashed Two, um, the tanks are a little bit to me, reminiscent of force, uh, force unleashed Two, how they had, mm. uh, the tanks, um, in, in that sequence. So, um, we get confirmation one that Moff Gideon is alive, two that Dr. Pershing mm -hmm. is still involved, right? That we didn't, we don't really know what happens to Dr. Pershing. Um, so he's the one who was extracting, or he's the one who was experimenting on Baby Yoda when he was freed and in, uh, in the sin. And so we don't really know. We didn't know. Definitely what he took some doing. blood from him. So he took some blood. Um, we get a very very clever uh, nod to midichlorians with just talking about M the M count. So yeah, yeah, we don't say it. It's just the, it's now it's the M word maybe. Um, so mm -hmm. we don't want to necessarily uh, to to. I like how so every, but everything that references episode one is spoken like it is the M word. Like it's all very yeah. very hidden. As opposed to if they're referencing <laughs> any other movie in the series, they're like, hey, look, did you see we have a Bantha? You know, like yeah. <laughs> they're not afraid to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm touching the whole Han shot first. Remember all that? And like, we want to reference episode one, but keep it down. Yeah, we don't want to like, like we're just like this one, they want that under the radar, but they're totally yeah, the fine count, with, We call it M count. Yeah, M count, you know, they're totally fine with the Boba Fett uh, pulse rifle, um, you know, coming out of the out of uh, uh, the, the Holly special, the Hollywood special. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So so that little bit we find out, you know, Mando assumes that that um, that the hologram that they get uh, or Graham, apparently for short, um, they think that's, you know, it's clearly old. And then we find out from Mithril, who Three I days. just want to call. Horatio Sands. Um, <laughs> Just call him uh, that. that. We call Amy Sedaris, Amy Sedaris. We call Horatio yeah, yeah, Sands, yeah. Horatio Sands. <laughs> so uh, Horatio Sands tells us it's three days old. At that point, we get the sort of panic, right? So now, you know, to, to me, I don't know about you, about you. I was like, oh, that's the super shady repair guy. He's probably made a beeline for mm -hmm. the school and he's got baby Yoda. That was what I thought. 
but the at least the thinking oh, that I didn't that far. in my mind i i had what was supposed to happen when the connection happened in my head that's why baby yoda is so valuable is because yes, his well, blood can be used while during cloning to try to make the clones force sensitive totally totally and and if you want we can come back to to what i think is going on with the tanks the not necessarily snoke part but um but i don't want to i don't want to waylay us anymore uh, no, so there's get, too much other stuff to cover. Yeah, there's, there's too there's too much. But um, so but I I thought, or you know, at least on what on my second watch, what we're supposed to think is Gideon. Gideon is clearly like in waiting in the wings to to get uh, mm-hmm. to get Baby Yoda. But but I had kind of thought, well, maybe it's maybe it's this super creepy, uh, <laughs> super creepy uh, flight technician that's going to get him. So we get a pretty cool chase sequence. Um, they steal what is referenced at least as a Traxler Marauder, but it looks like the Kenner, the Kenner uh, troop transport um, that appears in rebels. And that's what and I said. In chapter the... eight. Go ahead. Yeah. And before that only in Kenner toys. Yeah. It was only in Kenner toys. Um, and then it appeared in rebels and then it was in last season. And if you look at mm-hmm. Doug, if you look at Doug Chang's, um, uh, artwork at the end that he's the one who draws those the um, art pieces that appear in the cool. over the end sequences it actually is the kenner troop transport in the end piece um but, okay you know, that's a yeah that's a fun fact um very few <laughs> very few people are going to care about that one but um the outland tie fighters i am actually hoping that horatio Sanz's character would be given it at the end yes I really was hoping because he that was like, too. "Oh, that's so valuable! I can sell that." Yeah, I, I know, like, so that way he could get his freedom. Yeah, little, little, little bow on the front, and he can have it. Uh, well, you know, if it's only fair because his, blue one, it yeah. smashed his speeder. Um, so then we end up with a with exactly. a tie fighter pursuit. Um, the ties, uh, the ties look like they're. they're Is there a name to, for those? They're, uh, I think they're called Outland. Um, they're Outland tie fighters. Okay. Um, they, I think they appeared in Rebels. There's a bunch of different variations of ties that appear in Rebels or like uh-huh. outer rim ties that are like modified by like mining guilds and like these other different um, things. It's almost like uh, the like our world equivalent of the F-16 where uh, mm-hmm. it's a U.S. made plane, but it ends up being sold in, in all these different places. So the tie, it seems like it's gets variations. But yeah, the, the, the way that it's shown in the landing position, I think, is is not super, super common. Um, I know, I think it was in, I think John Favreau is bragging about that tie being shown in chapter eight. Um, yeah, the, so the Outland TIE fighter, the showing it in that landing position, um, is John Favreau was talking in the Disney gallery for Mandalorian about this is the you know first time it's been shown in like this position, like in, in, you know, showing it kind of flying in and then landing. And the bit of the irony is that if you look at the Rebels, it's yeah. it's the Rebels series, Star Wars Rebels series. They have all these creative ways of showing the ties and how they end up being higher than they should be on in in land bases, and that they need to have this ability for them to drop the pilots into them, or they have these um, walkways that they bring up to them. So you can kind of tell that like someone within the mm-hmm. star wars world or ilm or the model b- building people are trying to figure out kind of what to do about this and the folding wings seem to be like the innovation right so we see in you know star yeah. destroyer they're like they're like kind of they're held by the sides of the ties and then they're kind of dropped out right so there's a different way like pragmatically so if you're landing on a planet these are like ideal and i, I don't know i just think it's it to me is super amazing to see a 
a spaceship that we're familiar with that's been around for 40 plus years. And then they do this little tweak to it and it makes it even cooler and more practical. Those ties coming back was just like, I just nerded out. I mean, I thought that was super cool. I also so, thought it was super cool. Like I know when I saw yeah. the, 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 the tie fighters are coming up from the landing position into yeah. their fixed wing set and then going, I had an emotional response. And I think I've watched the episode twice and both times verbally, I was like, Oh, when yeah. you hear the tie fighter noise, when it's going through the Canyon, and you're just well, like the, yes the tie fighter noise so the so that sequence right and that's in the that's in the that was in the trailer right the lava bubbling yeah. up behind it and that coming up right and so you have that kind of moment where you're like okay are they just gonna like peace out right because mm-hmm. uh they could just peace out and that would be totally that would be totally fine but um when you when you realize they're gonna they're gonna track them and then we hear yeah. the tie sound and it's in that narrow box canyon and then for us as the viewer to see like kara and mithril and them realize oh uh oops like we've got mm-hmm. ties on us now like you know just knocking out speeder bike uh and biker scouts you know is not is that that's not sufficient so i think that was like a perfect setup for that sort of sequence and then you know luckily they they basically run that slot canyon they're getting on the slot canyon and you're like, okay, now you're in trouble because you don't have that slot canyon for actual sort of defense. And then we find out, Hey, guess what? Even though that dude's super sketchy, he's totally done putting the tracking beacon uh, on the razor crest and we get the razor crest coming in to sure. sort of save the day. And uh, I, I, I very much appreciate the razor crest, uh, as a blocky ship still being able to take out a uh, maneuverable tie like that. So as a gunship. Oh, for ship, sure. And it was definitely reminiscent of when the Millennium Falcon showed up at the end of episode four, totally. saving the day out of nowhere. It was yeah. like Mando. Because I remember even thinking when the, all this was going down, it's like, where is Mando? And why yeah. did they just leave him? He had yeah. to scoop up his son from school, and then he had to go get a ship, and then he had to go save the day after. It was like the third priority. It's to save the day, but he got there just in time, of course, as storytelling is. Yes. And then uh, and, and then he just kind of takes off. They're like, hey, why don't you land and we can have another scene together? And he's like, no, no, I got bigger fish to fry. My yeah. spaceship is done. I did you your favor. I'm out. Yeah. Peace out. And yeah. Uh, and, you know, and I don't, don't so blame him. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Every episode he's like, hey, I'm just here for one thing. And they're just like, yeah, but can you do us a favor real fast? If I went to the grocery store for milk and it was a Mandalorian episode, I'd be like, I'm just here for milk. And there's yeah. just like, oh, can you help us all these crates off the truck? And you're like, I was just here for milk. Yeah, I just came for the Like, we'll give you the milk for free. And you're like, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's what it feels like sometimes. <laughs> and so it's like he got his milk, he took off and was just like, all right, the truck's empty. I got my milk. I don't work here. I'm out of here. And it's good that he didn't listen to them because dun, 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 our two X-Wing pilots from episode uh, from the Frog Lady uh, episode passenger, mm-hmm. um, the passenger chapter yeah, 11, episode 10, yeah. 10, sorry, 10 uh, now are back. And hey, uh, Paul, Paul, Sun Young Lee. Uh, yeah, that we talked about a lot in the last episode. We did a full little background on him. And then lo and behold, he, he gets- shows up and I was like, Andy's got the foresight. Yeah, I was just like, who who would have known that Captain Carson Tiva was going to have another reappearance here? 
Um, and you know, we get yeah, a uh, Star Wars CSI, if you will. Yeah, I was just gonna, you know, a little like, gumshoe kind of, you know, like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, how come this or whatever, you know, this doesn't seem to make sense. And, uh, and you know, scanner droids apparently are horribly un- unreliable. We find that out. And uh, Mithril stays quiet because uh, Horatio Sands could have spilled the beans. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we get a little kind of, uh, kind of trauma sequence with Cara Dune where he's like hey you know maybe he's guilts her with the dumbest like, question I've ever heard my whole life yeah when it's like oh you're from Alderaan oh did you did you know anyone that died when it blew up and you're like yeah the yeah. whole planet blew up without warning yeah if she's yeah. from Alderaan she doesn't know anyone yeah which was I would the like best to answer people right that still the only people that still have their family are the ones that like happen to go on vacation that day yeah it's like off world right and that mm-hmm. was the situation apparently for Cara Dune, right? She was off. She at that at that point was off world, and so yeah. her family was still there. Um, and Lost then he leaves. Now I don't. So just a, a, an aside for you. I don't know how you interpret it. He leaves a New Republic medallion. I mm-hmm. I took that as basically a space sheriff star. I don't know what how mm-hmm. you took it as like. I took it as two different things, and I wasn't sure which. And I was like, we're we'll have to okay. find out later. One yeah. was possibly like a recruitment card. Like, hey, yeah. if you ever want to actually join us, this is your ticket. Yeah. Um, you can turn in whenever. Or my other side was, is that like a coin that the military will give you if you do something really great for the military? Because yes. she has done something very positive for them to be like, here's this coin. So if yep. anybody gives you trouble on the rebellion in the future, you can be like, no, look, I've done a favor for the rebellion. Yeah, if you've never heard of military coins before, they're referred to as challenge coins. And your homework mm-hmm. is to look up the challenge coin episode on 99% Invisible, and I'll tell you everything about it. But yeah. the the other thing, too, is who would have known that Carson Tiva was going to deliver lines that are, in essence, foreshadowing and connecting us into the future trilogy, right? So, or yeah. I should say, you know, like, the way I took it was, you know, there's ominous things happening here in the outer rim, right? And given, you know, we, we have Rise of Skywalker with Exegol in the uncharted areas and all the things that were going on with the basically the First Order sort of taking their foothold in the Outer Rim. That's what I took that as. Um, I, I had had some I'd asked someone else and they're like, oh, they're just referring to like the stuff in the Mando universe. They're not connecting. But I, I really thought that was a. Yeah, they're like, connecting. Hey, we're stitching, we're stitching in the the other sort of pieces, right? And I thought that was pretty well done. If you look at, you know, they have the M count, they're trying to pull things from episode mm-hmm. one, and then they're trying to basically draw everything all the way up to nine. Um, yeah, they're doing a great job episode. of it. So really, really cool um, bits there. Uh, and then we've we in essence um, we get this massive tease at the end that I think is what most people are talking about, but maybe I'm mis- I'm uh, I'm misrepresenting it a bit. So we find out, you know, there's a tracking beacon on the Razor Crest. That mm-hmm. sketchy guy has has dropped that, uh, you know, nod to the tracking beacon on the Millennium Falcon, um, and in essence, um, they're they're going to know that they're headed to um, Corvia. So we expect that's where they're headed. We don't know that for sure, but that would be the logical sort of next place they would be charted to. And then we get this sequence where that information from that's delivered to the comms officer is brought to Gideon and Gideon is in this room with uh, these ominous, well, suits of armor. It's um, I've now watched that sequence maybe five times. Um, and they haven't, they don't move. 
They're just they against the wall. Yeah, they don't move. It looks like very sort of Android Robocop or like Sentry um, droid kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And and if you hear people talking about this, so there was there was some um, so Wiki so Wikipedia has has noted that this is an appearance of the Dark Troopers. Um, and so some some people were like, well, you know, how how are they coming up with that? And they're sort of twofold. One is that that armor is reminiscent of the Dark Troopers. The Dark Troopers were um, were something that was introduced in a 90s video game called Dark Forces. Uh, but and they had three phases. So we have no idea which phase they are. Uh, but there's there's um, science two uh, science officers that are in the room with with uh, Moff Gideon and they have patches on their um, they have patches on their shoulder. And that patch kind of looks like a stylized AT-AT AT foot. And if you look for that, that's the Imperial Department of Military Research. And that's this like deep callback to that game, um, to that uh, Star Wars Dark Forces game. And so that- And now there's just like theories about those dark troopers of like, are they cloning those people in those tubes to fill those suits or is it yes. something bigger? We don't yeah. know, but we definitely know there's cloning. We definitely know there's dark trooper suits hanging around. And we got Moff Gideon looking Moff Gideon, for up to no good, spoiling for a fight, right? Yeah. And and so so we don't really like we don't really know where they're at with that dark trooper. That dark trooper program started out with taking veterans from the clone wars and then mm -hmm. basically doing the cyborg treatment that Darth Vader got. So, you know, so people are like, oh, it looks like a bunch of Darth Vaders. Um, and that, you know, perhaps is a little bit of where the, those two sort of connect, but sort of as the evolution through the different phases of the dark troopers, um, they were more and more um, cybernetic. They were more, they were less human, more sort of on the Android side. Um, but you would imagine that they want some amount of the human aspect because that's the whole, that was the whole play of why clones were better in, um, in the prequels than, than just straight up droids. So, so there's been, um, if you played Force Awakens 2, they, ha they had a similar design for these uh, troopers that were called Purge Troopers, Imperial Purge Troopers. And they had like a shoulder, shoulder rocket mount. Um, they've had va different variations. Some mm. of these have vibro, um, vibro swords, almost like a samurai. The, the evolution of this Dark Trooper, though, it, to pull into the Marvel Universe briefly, is a little bit on the Iron Man uh, side of things where the suits kind of start out looking an awful lot like the Iron Man suit and they kind of build up to that Colossus suit that he has to to fight Hulk right mm -hmm. yeah um, the Hulkbuster is what that's called yeah I'm sorry Hulkbuster um, so we don't know where that that's at and then the other notion is that the Caminos the, Cam the, the, the lab that they blew up on Navarro they had the same Camino patch as Dr. Pershing um, in Force Awakens 2 Vader is cloning Vader is cloning. I think his name is Garrick. Um, gosh, what is his name? Garrick Malik is the is the character that you play in the Force um, Force Awakens, and he's cloned them with the Camino facility. Mm. And so you, the the whole middle chlorian count and everything else being in that, that could be one direction that they're going. Clearly, uh, Snoke was a clone and had um, had Force powers. And then the other sort of a little bit left field could be they that could be the Shadow Trooper. Um, the beginnings of the Shadow Trooper pro project, which was stormtroopers combined with dark Jedi, so so that that patch in Moff Gideon gives us a little bit of that's those are probably dark troopers. Um, yeah, but what's all on of this Navarro, from patches, by the way? These two yes. patches that they've tossed on these characters, 
have opened up all of this world of like this is the direction that we're potentially going in and star wars is so good about this sort of thing that i feel like this is the direction it will go in and this is probably what the next two or three episodes worth of storyline is going to be about revealing why them what they're doing they're definitely cloning you know like in their uh why he has all these suits potentially maybe just unturned on bodies in those suits yeah yeah so like we don't we don't know that that's where we're that's where the episode leaves us really yep and and yeah we're kind of ominous a little bit of an ominous tone um it looks like the the title of the next of chapter 13 has been leaked Um, oh no i don't i don't know how you feel about leaked stuff but um i know this whole show's a spoiler yeah let's not spoil i'm the future more than like you know i don't want to be wrong on it on record uh that's why i held back man i'm just like you know i i'm like you know the uh, the two things i want to add on to what everything andy said andy's summary that was so far as long as the episode (laughs) was not really gives you the background of every sentence (laughs) yeah is uh what is it i looked at my notes and i was like clothes in the dryer it's like no i actually i literally have closed my dryer that's not what the two things (laughs) is uh there's a guy, 18 minutes and like 15 seconds, 50 seconds in, bottom left-hand corner, there's a stagehand that's on shot. You can see just part of his arm, part of his T-shirt and jeans. He's in the Star Wars universe now. It's now acceptable to make him an action figure. Yes. Like, that'd be a great I hope Easter somebody cosplays that guy, where it's just like... He will. That's they all will. you see of them, so... Yeah, so much like every group of stormtroopers has one guy hit his head. Now we're going to have people in t-shirts, jeans, and a wristwatch just standing in the back of other things. That's fun. And then uh, Dank Farrick showed up in this episode. The words Dank Farrick, which I have now found out have been showing up a lot in Mandalorian. This is like its fourth or fifth time that it's been uttered. And it's a Star Wars swear word. Yes. And that was, so uh, I, I think that I jokingly, that. I jokingly said in, in our episode for, um, for chapter 11, that it was the phrase that pays, I think. Yeah. Um, well, it's back and I'm now, yeah. now I'm watching for that and I'm excited for it. And uh, I'm going to make a band called Dank Farrick. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like good a great luck, band. Good, good, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's it for this episode. I think we covered it. Andy, how many well, wait, wait, Aaron, did you give this? Aaron, can you show me the red wire? <laughs> this one? No, the no, no, the red one. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got this one. That's got an opposite charge. Yes, your rating. I'm sorry, you were gonna ask me the rating. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna give this a full, a full seven and a half on a scale of one to seven and a half. Uh, blue wires. This, I'm gonna give seven this... and a half blue wires full charge. I'm going to give this five trade uh, trade routes. Oh, great. Out of how many? <laughs> Out of all five. <laughs> Out of all five. Perfect episode. Great episode. So congrats, Carl Weathers. Yeah, congrats, Carl Weathers. He awesome. did so well that I actually IMDb to see what else he's directed. Because I'm like, this isn't a first-time director. Yes. And he's directed and- 17 things. And yep. it seems like most of them are t- TV shows where he's on episode or four episodes of like... yeah. He he did do something where he had been a producer, like he had. It seemed like he one of the one of the projects looked like he had been, you know, like 
a major part of it where he was a producer. He did some writing on yeah. it and things like, well, so, and then, you know, if you haven't, um, when you, when we get to the end uh, and you're looking for, you're, you're looking for things to watch, if you haven't watched the Disney gallery in that, when they do the episode on the cast, Carl Weathers says something to the effect of like, well, I don't act much. I don't act much now. Mm -hmm. And like the jerk that I am, I'm just like, Oh, so he's just not working. And uh, no, he's doing a lot of other things. He's doing other stuff. And that's definitely a lot turns out and directs and it's great that they use him. And he did a fantastic job. It was only be fitting that he gets another episode next season. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Now this is great. It was a perfect episode. Uh, yeah, so Andy, uh, is this the way? I, I hope so. <laughs>